Warning, we are about to spoil the entirety of Star vs. the Force of Evil Season 1. If you haven't seen the show and plan on watching it, leave now and come back later. But if you have seen the show, or you just don't care, then please, stick around. Okay, recording. Alright, and we are recording! Woohoo! Oh shit, in that entire time, did we think of an opening joke? (laughs) (laughs) We had half an hour, damn it! What? We had half an hour, damn it. <laughs> and then, no, fuck it, of course. We we could have thought of an opening joke, but my brain immediately went to Fred Durst. Thanks. <laughs> See that? See that, friend? That's the last thing you'll ever contribute to. and welcome to Cinema Roulette. Today, we have a series that <laughs> we can only kind of, we, we kind of could only watch it in like so much time. It was kind of like Invader Zim where it had this energy to it, but not that much, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I don't know when to interject, but I'm here too. Justin is also here. Um, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Before we get to it, though, I would just want to say... A lot might have happened by now, or is going to happen when this comes out. Because we did finish Movie Month. I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, we hope you did too. So we hope you loved that pun at the end that we totally meant to do at that time and not earlier. Uh. Yep, I'm sure. Uh, we've also realized that episode 100 will be coming in March of next year. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. But as of right now, there's just kind of a lot of unknowns at the moment. Well, no, we do know that either by now or as at some point after this, we will have done an interview on a podcast. If it is out, we'll link it in the description. If not, we'll mention it in a future episode and put it in the description. Yep. It's called uh, Let's Chat with Chris something. I can't remember his last name. Let's Chat with Chris. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh Let's chat with Chris something. Yes, they've given us an opportunity to, you know, come on, promote ourselves, and just, you know, be us, and just be what we're all about. So we're thankful for them. Which Thank you, We've Chris. already done that interview, and you're here. Thanks yeah. for coming by. Thank That's you so nice much, Chris. You. Thank you, Bree. You two are lovely. Uh... Uh, thanks for coming to this episode, where we talk about Star versus the Forces of Evil. I need to wait so I can say we went quiet, but well, <laughs> I was gonna say I still don't know where you're cutting off the intro, but <laughs> it's gonna be. Somewhere. I don't either. It's gonna be somewhere. Uh, <laughs> there is no intro. It's now here. <laughs> but yeah, fucking. This is season one of Star versus the Forces of Evil. This is a really good show, if I'm being honest. This is really solid for for a kids show and. This, like Invader Zim, doesn't have a flowing narrative, so that's why we're covering all of season one in one episode. Because there is a bit of an overarching narrative, but that only pops up in like two or three episodes total, basically. So, yeah, um, it's basically beginning, 
and towards the end basically but yeah um there's well it's like episode one episode 10 and episode uh 13 yeah because the thing about zim is it really didn't have you're right it did not have any overarching plot it was very much just an anthology series just this is the story of the week (laughs) yeah and it did sometimes did like the courage cowardly dog thing where clearly everyone's dead by the end of the episode but who cares yeah but it just next episode they're fine it's basically the old looney tunes logic um um, not not anthology what's the word i'm thinking because they're serialized and then there's the other one uh episodic episodic it's a very episodic series but this one there is a bit but we will get into that so um how the fuck do we even do a synopsis do we want to do like an episode by episode thing or what do we want to do no, we'll do the Invader Zim thing where I... Well, no, I can do a summary of the important bits, at least for this one. Yeah. Well, however you want to do it, man. <laughs> you just went quiet, so I didn't know what to fucking do. Yeah. Ah! What? I just heard a really loud echo of myself. Jesus Christ. Is it gone now? It's gone now, but All it was right. really Whoa. fucking loud. Christ, I'm sorry. Okay, so in alternate dimension on her 14th birthday, Princess Star Butterfly gets her magic wand and immediately fucks everything up. (laughs) So she is sent to Earth in order to train and become a proper princess. And if she fails there, she will be sent to a horrible uh, private school academy, St. O's, if I remember correctly. Uh, I'll get back to you on that. Keep going. St. Olga's Reform School for her wayward princesses. That's it. St. Olga's, yep. Olga's, who has Miss Archer in it. But that's another story for another time. (laughs) She's basically treated as a foreign exchange student going with a... Well, there's no real better way to put it. Other than Goody Two-Shoes kid named Marco. (laughs) He will live with his... Huh? He is our hero. The star is our hero. Oh, yeah, but she, Pers- he's the uh, main... Personal of... He's the other main character. Yes. But he... He's... Okay, hold on. Sorry. He's the nerdy kid with no friends who is super OCD about everything. It's just... It's that stereotype. Yep. But it's actually... It's... That is kind of thrown out after the first episode, in a sense... It really is, because, like, all the crazy shit's happening, and he's like, blah, blah, no, 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 oh, don't do that, and blah, 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 but then he just kind of accepts it, just like, eh, this is just how life is now. <laughs> yeah, he still... He still has uh, ways he likes to do things, but he's pretty open to adventure with Star, yeah. and also knows karate, so he's not just useless in a fight. There is a man named Ludo, he's a little bird person who is trying to get Star's one. He keeps showing up and is basically the comedic foil a lot of the time. Yeah. Still in episode one, we find out about Star having a friend named Flying Princess Ponyhead. They go on an adventure, but Ponyhead turned out to be running from, um, well, the cops. <laughs> and is eventually caught and sent to St. Olga's Reform School for Wayward Princesses. I will not say this every <laughs> time, but it's kind of fun. I won't lie. It is fun. It's a very well thought out title it rolls off the tongue nicely going on through the series through multiple misadventures we eventually hit an episode where ludo gets someone else to help um try and get stars one 
named Toffee. He is a creepy, uh, anthropomorphic eel man, and he's dressed like a G-man, basically. You don't think someone named Toffee could be threatening, but he somehow is. Probably helps that he's voiced by Dexter. It's true. Not Dexter's lab Dexter, the serial killer Dexter. Besides Toffee having clear intentions throughout the series to do something else with the one that that Ludo probably wouldn't enjoy, he still sticks around. In episode 10, we do go to St. Olga's because uh, Ponyhead, it's Ponyhead's birthday, and Star wants to celebrate. So we actually have a two-part episode because this is done the normal kid show way of one episode is 15 minutes and the next episode is 15 minutes to fill in a 30-minute slot. But Star and Marco break into the school we find out it is a place where uh, princesses are taught to lose all individuality so they can be the straight-faced queen that every royal empire needs, especially one that shuts the hell up and just looks pretty. It's pretty unnerving, not gonna lie. We'll talk about it more, because that's actually a really clever episode. Hell yeah. And more hijinks ensues. Well, okay, actually, back in episode 10, we see Miss... Heinous, it's literally her name, voiced by Mallory Archer, or, uh, what's her name? Jessica Jessica Walter. Walter. But it's Mallory from Archer, and that, we're, we enjoy Archer a lot, so hearing her voice, it was like, wait a minute, we know that bitchiness. (laughs) Because I was watching, I'm like, wait a minute, is that Mrs. Archer? (laughs) It says guest star here, but I'm hoping the character returns, because they kind of built up that because uh, Marco was captured at one point and he breaks himself out with a bobby pin because yeah. he was prepared for a whole break-in plot. Like she puts it in like test. Due to movies. Yeah, she like puts it in test fluid and it's like the bobby pin is from Earth. Dun, dun, dun. She hasn't come back this season though. No. So. <laughs> they focus more on toffee. But more. Yeah, more toffee. Well, yes, they focus more on toffee. More toffee stuff happens and general episodes until we get to the last one where Toffee kidnaps Marco. Uh, Star goes there, goes to Ludo's castle, not knowing uh, Toffee's the one behind it. Ludo got kicked out for being a bad leader, because he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but Star is able to break in. Marco is in basically a magic chamber that no matter how hard you try to destroy it, it will just come back stronger. So she is forced to give up her wand, and we've seen before inside the wand is a literal unicorn that shows the battery life of it. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's prancing happily, that means full power. If it's slowly trudging and looks ready to die, it's dead. Yeah, it literally, like, there's an episode but, where they go to, like, get a battery for it, and the way they know is the horse is, like, basically just skin and bones and, like, just ready to die. <laughs> yeah. Um... And Toffee seems to know more about the wand than he originally let on mm-hmm. and tells Star to whisper something to it. And when she does, the we see the ghost of the unicorn yeah. fly out. So it dies. Well, he actually doesn't. And, he, he, well, he's, he's more direct than that. He just literally says, destroy it. Yeah, because she tries to give it to him to save Marco because the chamber starts to crush him. Mm-hmm. But he says, destroy it. So she whispers and... Well, it, it's he, the first uh, spell that uh, she ever on. learned. 
yeah, he was like, oh, you know exactly how I do it. Star whispers something, it kills the horse. Then the door opens to the chamber. However, Star immediately dives in, keeping Marco in there and shuts the door. As the wand goes like a predator bomb and just nukes the entire castle. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Toffee, I'm assuming, is dead at the moment, but he could come back. Because cartoon logic. <laughs> yeah. And a, a kind of a deus ex machina, they see the wand is in the in the earth, and all of a sudden a random horse comes out of nowhere and climbs into it to turn it back on, but it also upgrades the wand to something new. Yeah, fucking deus ex machina's Mexican horse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marco's parents and... Uh, Star's parents show up to have a good wrap-up. It's clear that Star's mother knows something that Star does not. And we also see that the wand is not technically whole because the star on it is split in half. And we see the star just sitting in the crater that was that happened after the explosion. Mm. And that's how the season ends. Yep. So that was season one of Star versus the Forces of Evil. Where do we even start with this? <laughs> start with this lovely i'm glad to see that the bar that wasn't stretchy and shut up i'm glad to see that the bar for comedy is so high this episode um i mean our opening joke involved fred durst so also true uh <laughs> i don't know where to start honestly yeah, um should we go over the technical details and then the story or vice versa i think well we usually do story characters and then we do technical so, okay. So yeah. So um, probably stick to that formula. The characters are very well done, and like well, like you said before, Marco he is start out like kind of stereotypically, you know, um, outcast and you know OC and all that. But he he does develop as a character, and something I actually really appreciated about the characters is that um, you know Marco is half Spanish, half white and you know, like the wife is white and the dad is uh, Mexican or something and um, Latino Latino that's the word for it um, and yeah it's, it's not like played up you know for laughs or anything it's nothing stereotypical it's just you know they're they're I mean, there are a couple of cartoonish stereotypes, there but are, nothing but offensive. Overall, just that was just very well done. It was very nice to see, you know, a main character who is Latino who's not, you know, super stereotyped. <laughs> you could say it's a stereotype that he's good at making nachos, but also that's just a weird thing that happened also in the 90s with cartoons where everything was nachos. Yeah, that was a very common theme, and I don't know why. I mean, I know nachos are amazing. But come on, I never liked them. You never did, really. That's interesting. See, I love nachos. No, because but... usually American cheese is used for them when I have. It's like I don't the type of cheese used. I never enjoy. They use American, really. They don't use you know the hot cheddar like they usually do. Or maybe it was hot. I didn't like hot cheddar. It's I, weird. It's interesting. Huh. Which is also weird for you because you're not a very big chip person. It is. You're right. You're right. I, I do love nachos and cheese, but yeah, that's a very weird thing. I know I haven't said this on the internet, but I can't stand uh, fried chips like regular Lay's or Doritos or any of that. I liked baked chips or sun chips. That's basically the only chips I'll eat by themselves. Oh, I have a bag of sun chips. Sun chips are at, fucking delicious. In the cabinet. I'm so hungry now. Oh, yeah. Anyway, the show. <laughs> anyway, back to Marco and Star. Uh, 
Yeah, it is interesting to have a interracial couple on TV. It'd be, it's just like, oh, that's fine. Yeah. That, that is just something that is there, moving on. It's which a is thing. a good thing to do in kids' shows, so they treat that stuff as normal, because it is. Exactly. You know, it's not like, you know, attention isn't drawn to it. There's nothing overtly amazing. It's just, you know, or overtly, you know, sad about it. It's just, he's Latino, and she's white, and their kid is mixed race. Cool. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, go on. I was just going to say quickly because there isn't much to the parents. We don't see them too often. Mm-hmm. But both Star's parents and Marco's parents get a good amount of laughs. They do. They're both they're, very funny. <laughs> yeah, they're they're you know the usual stupid cartoon parents who don't a hundred percent know what's going on at least that's marco's parents yeah i mean star's parents are pretty oblivious too i think they have a little bit more of a grasp but especially her dad (laughs) yeah but they all get some really funny lines and it's it's never annoying or cringy with them so that's a plus that was really nice to see that so yeah um mark Mar- again marco moves on from the initial stereotypes and he becomes a really good character and something i loved about the show is he's not just you know a completely helpless protagonist who star has to save all that. he knows karate he can hold his own <laughs> right from the yeah first he just he just drop kicks monsters right in the face yeah. There's like there, there's no build up. There's no like oh my god monsters and he goes and hides and shit. No, straight up, right from the pilot episode, he's just you know kicking monsters in the face. He knows karate. <laughs> <laughs> he's a green belt, which means he could kill anyone. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he I, I do really like that about Marco. Is there was no you know big build up to it. Just he can just kick ass. Go go you. <laughs> and that isn't to say Star can't, because she yeah. can as well. Star is just fucking hilarious. Star is great. There is one problem I had with Star, and this came around the end of the season. Okay, go on. Because I think this was hurt a bit by being episodic, Mm. and they should have reordered the episodes slightly. Hmm. Because in the last batch of episodes... There's a lot where it's Star being a fish out of water, even though we had multiple episodes beforehand where it's clear she's been on Earth for at least a month or two. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, she sees an ad, but she doesn't understand that they're exaggerating. So she thinks that this thing that ter- turns bananas into pudding is actually magic and it's a limit. And then when they say only while supplies last or limited time offer, they're being serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the it, way, that is episode, that is the first half of, uh, or no, the second half of episode 11 out of 13. Yeah. So that's like right at the end, even though she's dealt with a bunch of other stuff and it's like, you haven't watched TV once or that pile of magazines you read, you didn't see one ad that exaggerated something? Yeah, so I, I do agree with that now that I think about it. Some of those should have been more towards the beginning than actually, you know, at the end of the season when she's clearly has a grasp on how the world works. Uh. Yeah. Her, her own stupidity seems to flip-flop a lot. 
Yeah, it does. And I especially noticed that in the episode, like the banana episode where she goes get the magic wand. She seems very selfish and very magic wand. Yeah, I love it. The magic wand. Um, but it's like she seems very selfish and very oblivious as to actually what's going on and how the world works. I'm just like, that's a little against her character as it's been so far because she's been, you know, silly. and But she's also been, you know... Uh, aware of others and what others have to do. That one, she just kind of seemed really oblivious to everything. Yeah, she just kind of completely ignores Marco, even though I'm pretty sure we had an episode covering a problem like that. Yeah. So yeah, that was... So yeah, that's really just weird. a few things. That's a minor complaint. Um, well, while we're on the topic of complaints as well, um, that Deus Ex Machina at the end could have been handled a lot better. <laughs> I... See, I knew they needed to bring the wand back, mm -hmm. and they probably didn't want to wait till next uh, season or whatever. But at least wait for them to bring it back to the mother or father or something. Instead of just a random-ass horse appears as like, yeah. this has been my life quest. <laughs> Because literally how it happens is she destroys the wand, she goes in the thing with Marco, big ol' explosion, they go to the pit, it's all dramatic like the wand is destroyed, and then Horse immediately comes in. Could have been dragged out, that tension could have been dragged out just a tad longer. <laughs> yeah, like they give this hug of, oh, thank goodness you saved me and we made it. And, then they and look at the wand it's like a very quiet moment. Then hero horse just comes out of nowhere yeah and he's mexican because of course it's just awesome but <laughs> i think that's supposed to be the joke like it was supposed to break tension by oh look this random pink unicorn yeah. came out of nowhere and solved the problem but it feels kind of cheap it does <laughs> Because um, at the end, they actually do go back to their parents. and like Because after the whole horse thing, their parents um, come in on horseback and they're in armored horses. And then they go to Star's parents, who are in the same dimension. And it's like, you could have done it there where she gets a new wand. Or like the horse was there. Like they had a horse there already that was waiting for it or something. But yeah, to have it come out of nowhere, like uh, less than a minute after it got destroyed is a little... Yeah, it just didn't feel like it had the right... It hit a wrong note type yeah. deal. <laughs> I think that's really the only two complaints we have, really. <laughs> yeah, well, except for some of Marco, Marco's romance with uh, Jackie Cringe, yeah. but that just happens in kid shows. It does. It's sadly a, a trope that has not gone away and is still something that's probably just going to eventually pop up in a show that's aimed towards younger people, but... Telling kids, hey, guess what? Love is a super awkward thing, and it, that's going to happen. Well, it's not an awkward thing. It's just, you know, actually getting comfortable with that is a bit of a process, I think, is more the life lesson. Though. Well, in middle school and high school, it's an awkward thing. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that was a little cringe, but thankfully they didn't draw that out as much. It wasn't as bad as uh, Dipper and Wendy in Gravity Falls. <laughs> I still love a certain part of gravity falls but i don't want to spoil things yeah. again you're well actually our episodes aren't on spotify they would are still on youtube only at the moment yeah because we have to go back and re-edit them <laughs> what the first yeah it's too many visual jokes yeah the first episode's gonna need a major fucking rehaul that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah um 
But yeah, fucking. But yeah, all... besides those, those are the only real problems. Yeah, other than that, all the characters are really well done and really funny and just again back to Star. Star is just hilarious. Um, she's just this really upbeat, happy, lucky, you know, happy go lucky princess who's like, yeah, we're gonna fight evil and shit. <laughs> who's also just a complete badass and yeah, <laughs> murders a lot of people, <laughs> just a lot. Um, should we go over a couple other characters, or should we go into the dark stuff? Uh, I, I want to stick with a few more characters, because uh, Tom the Demon, he seems really cool. I'm kind of sad he only appeared twice in this season. I thought it was once. No, because remember, well, for like a quick second, he appears in the first episode when she's going through the mirror. Oh, her yeah, mirror phone. he's like, star. <laughs> nope and it's go uh, away tom yeah tom luciter is his name because you know lucifer luciter but <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> yeah he's a lot of fun he's voiced by a actor named ryder strong who we thought we knew but turns out he was just in things so <laughs> i mean he's been in things that we've seen or played but no one like none of the main characters uh <laughs> You know that um, the Russian frog on the uh, wiki under list of characters is literally just called Buff Frog. Yeah, he's Buff Frog. Yeah. <laughs> His, uh, oh, wow, I scrolled way down and lost my place. Yay. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, Actually, with all the monsters, their designs are, they're creative enough to be interesting to see whenever they come on but also they're not too far where it's just weird abstractness because yeah. it's like you know you have monsters that at least resemble something because there's like the big buff frog guy and then there's a giraffe and there's the two-headed demon um and it's like, you the know, lobster yeah the lobster <laughs> and their designs are are very creative and you know at times uh, like just just really cool really but it's nothing too out there to where kids would be you know scared by it or anything and the way that they act too kind of helps because all of the minions and all the different monsters are very buffoonish <laughs> yeah the thing i love is that ludo ludo and his army of monsters are kind of friends with star and marco like yeah. they'll they'll have conversations sometimes and just be like Okay, you know what? See you next week. Yeah. You guys can go. There's like a moment, I think, where like she beats everyone up and then like Ludo's knocked on the ground and then like they offer a hand to help him up and help him up and then they walk away or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, everyone get back. Retreat, I guess. Yeah, get I in guess. the portal. <laughs> All right, I'll see you next time we do our evil plan. Do. <laughs> or there's uh, one episode where they were going to steal the wand through uh making star listen to fortune cookies yeah because she thought they were actually magic and the two-headed demon hugs her and it's the first time he's like felt kindness in forever <laughs> they're about to steal the wand he's like star i don't want anything it can come between us if we want this relationship to keep going <laughs> so i have to tell you we're doing this only to steal your wand and then ludo's like what are you doing and he's like oh sorry <laughs> and then like they hug in and it's like oh sorry hold on i have something going on here or something like that <laughs> <laughs> the... wait your fucking turn yeah pretty much imagine if they did swear in the show just like <laughs> Wait your fucking turn. Just like at the end or something, someone just goes bananas. Ludo's like, what the fuck? It's like, whoa, 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 Ludo, Jesus. This is a kid's show. You can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, it, the characters were very well done, and just in general, the sense of humor is just fucking hilarious. It's a very good mix of slapstick and verbal humor. <laughs> and there's just a lot of good visual gags, too, that aren't yeah. slapstick. My favorite joke is still in the first episode, where Star meets Marcos. Uh-huh. Sorry, Marco. Marcos is... Where, where I work. Good job. Uh- yeah. But... <laughs> and he's slightly terrified about star and she her she makes a rainbow above her to show that she's a princess and she's magic and then the rainbow catches fire (laughs) and as the scene goes on the fire spreads more and more until everything behind her is engulfed in flame it's it spreads and just like that the humor like that like the physical and just visual humor is just so fast and just gets so ridiculous like it gets so over the top so fast it's just so it's just hilarious you can't help but laugh at it Like the one, yeah. the one towards the end where she's like at the golf course, and then the golf course fucking catches on fire, and then it's like you know, there's just these flames on the horizon, as like people are running away screaming and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it gets just so ridiculous that it gets it's just so funny. <laughs> uh, also, before we move on from characters, Toffee again is so oddly threatening he really is he's one of those characters because you know he's suave and he's like dressed all fancy and he's very professional but he's one of those people where you can tell that he's clearly hiding something and he clearly has an alternative moment or motive i don't know it just he's one of those characters that feels like they could snap at just any time (laughs) i think also the thing is he has such a calm aura to him uh-huh that's so that becomes super unnerving when everyone else is hyperactive yeah and he's just standing there all calm and there are a lot of times towards the end where like something's going to shit and he's like oh no and like the plan fails but like he's in the distance and you could just kind of see him like smiling or something like oh i planned this or something like that it's like oh shit what the fuck's he up to (laughs) i see you there i see you there you bastard what are you doing And that one uh, scene towards the end too freaked me out when he was talking to Star and then just kind of smiles and just goes <laughs> or something. I'm like, oh god. I was like, oh no. Yeah, he finally shows more emotion than monotone. And it's very scary. It's very well done. And it's like, you know, his name was Toffee. And it's like, I don't know what it is about that, but the name Toffee is a little scary. <laughs> it's just an oddly threatening name. Yeah. Toffee. And he's he's a and he's an anthropomorphic a horse, right? He's like a horse person. Eel. Eel. Is it an eel? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that's why he has the like fin on the back of his head. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. an eel. Um and something I just thought was really fucking cool was when like Star blasted his arm off or something, but then you just saw it like coming back and regenerating and it was all red and then just grew another limb. <laughs> Yeah, that's fucked. That first was off, fucked, and that was just really a really cool image that I was like, "Oh shit, he can regenerate." That's not he's a fucking regenerator, the bastard. <laughs> that does raise the question, though: Why does he have a finger chopped off then? Yeah, why didn't he regenerate that back? Because uh, towards the later season, you can see a lot better. But it's like his ring finger or something is like chopped off, and you can see like you can actually you can see, see the bone. Which yeah, is it's fun. pretty fucked. Um. <laughs> So yeah, he's just a really well done and a really threatening character. Um, and we don't know if he's dead or not. You know, big explosion, 
we're assuming he's dead until further notice. <laughs> until further notice. Because he smiled right before he, you know, got exploded. Um, but and we, yeah, but I'm taking that more as a clever girl smile yeah. than. It was, I planned this smile. It was a little hard to tell whether it's like, yes, that was my plan, or like, oh, clever girl, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the last couple of characters are Marco has two friends. Mm-hmm. I'm okay on their humor. They're never really gut busting yeah. funny, but they're never too annoying. Yeah, they're they're fine. They're there. <laughs> it's not one of those people. Um, they're not annoying or anything. They're just kind of there for, for basically just humor's sake. That's about it. They're not deep or anything. They're just his friends, <laughs> and they're nerdy. Yeah. Uh, there's the school. There's the popular girl bully yep. that star works as comedic foil to Brittany Wong. Oh, Brittany, that was it. I thought Veronica for some reason. Veronica is just That's also a very common bitchy name, like Veronica. (laughs) I didn't know if I would say it was a bitchy name, in case we do have a Veronica out, who I'm sure is not as bitchy as the Veronicas we are talking about. (laughs) Oh yeah, there's Brittany, who, just average bully. She works. The jokes work with her. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> jokes were through her and there's the popular girl that marco has a crush on jackie jackie you know jackie. He, he's like the stereotypical kid show thing where it's like the main character but he has a crush on this girl who's like you know way more popular and has more friends than he does and da, 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 da. <laughs> well no she's just the cool girl that everyone likes and she's like tomboy tomboy which yeah just everyone likes the tomboy yeah, that's how right, it goes <laughs> But yeah, that's basically, except uh, the teacher they turn into uh, an ogre, is it, or a troll? <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it was a troll. But yeah, she, she appears a few times, gets funny, very mean-spirited lines. She really does. Um, yeah, um, the teacher has turned into a troll. Um, yeah, and I think that's about it. We covered pretty much everyone that's major, so. So, Dark Stuff? This sh- watching this show, there are several instances where I was just like, "How the hell did they get away with that?" <laughs> Honestly, this show just... goes into some really dark and really mean spirited places, and it kind of caught me off guard. Because um, you know, Gravity Falls kind of got away with a lot of that shit, but this show in the first season, I'm like, how did they get away with some of those jokes? <laughs> there is so much death, though. That's first. It's just so many people who are clearly fucking dead. I think the highest body count is at the football game. <laughs> no, they said they're okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the star. Uh... Oh, what? Let's go on. Star uh, in the episode Star mistakes a competitive football game between two schools as an actual war and sets up landmines and magic traps yeah. and like spike pits and shit. Yeah. It's ridiculous, and it's like that person gets like sucked into a black hole and is never seen again for the rest of the episode. For so we're like, well, that person's fucking dead. Um, oh, he's super dead. And there was like in the mall as well, like when she's in the mall and she opens the bl- she throws down the black hole battery and it gets sucked into a black hole. And you just see him sucked in the black hole, screaming, and that's it. We're like, well, oops, sorry. 
and we're just like, well, he's fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of death. Yeah, and then Toffee, we're pretty sure he's dead until further notice. Uh, until further notice, yeah. And there's just a lot of, like, just imagery that I'm surprised they got away with. Like I said, Toffee's arm getting blown off and then him regenerating it back. But there's also, like, one where they go to, like, a medieval town or something. And, like, there's these people selling, like, food and stuff. But, like, you just see body parts, like, hands and foot and stuff just hanging off, like, the buy- like the merchants merchant's uh store thing and i'm just like what the fuck <laughs> yeah and you could see the bone on those too yeah. which is like we can do that in kids show there's a couple of language too which i know we're gonna be like oh well you know that's not language but like what was the one we said like turd or something like that <laughs> yeah they said turd which i was kind of surprised you could say that <laughs> in a kids show yeah um <laughs> And then there's a couple of instances, too, where Marco's parents are clearly implied to have had been having sex. Yeah. <laughs> like, Star comes downstairs at one point in the middle of the night, and they're both under a blanket giggling to yeah, each other. Yeah, like, flashlights or something, and they're just giggling to each other. So he's like, hi, and they, like, pop over and just like, oh, Star! And they, like, have barely any clothes on. It's like, oh. And then there's the one, too, where, like, they're in the place, and they were just in the hot tub the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah, when they thought uh, the parents got eaten by a yeah. giant monster, but they were in a hot tub off in the corner, and they're naked they're clearly naked and we're like yeah they were boning in that bathtub jesus show uh, <laughs> and just so, yeah, again just some of the death and some of the dark shit i'm just shocked that the show got away with it's great uh <laughs> uh the darkest one i think we well okay it's kind of a tie between uh episode 10 where they go into saint olga's uh and uh muni independence day which one was that again oh yeah the genocide one or yeah was it genocide is that the proper term yes okay i was making sure it was like because i know there's genocide on a couple different sides but yeah there's one where a star is like because they celebrate like basically their dimensions version of independence day and they every yeah, year, stars like, universe is called muni muni so they do muni independence day and <clears throat> They usually do, like, a reenactment, because, you know, we do Civil War reenactments, they do, like, reenactments of that. And she's slipping through the book and watching the people just kill, like, you know, kill, quote-unquote, each other, or pretend to kill each other. And she's realizing that, like, hey, maybe, you know, this wasn't really a war, maybe this wasn't as glorified as it make it was. Was it just my people just straight-up committing genocide on these people? <laughs> yeah, because the reenactment, uh, she... She invites friends from school, and half of them dress up as knights, which are these mech-sized knights with, like, giant spiky weapons, and the monsters have no weapons in the imagery of the book. And they bring this up at the beginning where they're like, oh, well, they have weapons and we don't. What do we use? And she's like, oh, yeah, your monsters use your claws. <laughs> yeah, and the show doesn't go into this. But it's clear that Star starts to realize that her lust for... Well, okay, I shouldn't say lust. But her want to fight and kill monsters could possibly be based on com a completely unfair war yeah. and a mass genocide. 
Because there is moments throughout the episode where you clearly see her getting more and more distraught over what she's seeing. Like she's getting more and more like upset over it. And there's a moment too where she opens a book and it shows the knights and the monsters fighting. But then the monsters retreat into the woods and like it's a flip book so it has images that pop up. And she pulls a tab and it's just the woods on fire. Yeah, it it's just clearly... <laughs> a. It was an unfair fight. It's yeah. just murder. It was a really, and again, that's the thing that I think just really threw me off guard is, and the thing that, you know, the show doesn't explicitly say this, but it heavily implies it through Star's reactions to all this, that, yeah, we, this country was kind of built on, you know, a bunch of lies and we were kind of, you know, not doing the right thing. Um, don't see where they could have gotten that comparison, and that's all I can say about that. Uh, uh we can go in more of that if you want. Go right ahead. Because it is a less, especially nowadays with schools becoming a lot more open about what history was. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, some schools are talking about uh, gate figures in history, which there's actually a lot if you look into it. Yep. And also pointing out that, at least in the United States, that America isn't the best thing ever throughout all of history. We were not on the right for a lot of it. (laughs) So an episode like this of a character, after hearing a bunch about how battles were these grand things, and then learning the reality Mm -hmm. of war and battle, and these battles that were just yeah. basically a one-sided fight of genocide. Yep. That's something kids may have to deal with when living in America and realize like what we did to yep. Native Americans or Yeah, do, any any minority group in, any minority group in general, really. <laughs> yeah, the stuff we you're going to have to realize you're the place you live has most likely done some terrible things and you're going to have to realize that which i think i said this during the episode i'm like that is a great message especially you know considering the country live we live in but it's one i am shocked that they actually decided to cover (laughs) yeah this and the episode of gravity falls where it talks about cutting out uh like well letting go of parents who kind yeah. who left you basically yep. are very adult episodes i'm surprised disney allowed i really am too and it's just really a testament to the creators and how well they handled the subject because you know it's something that i'm not surprised they didn't directly address and more implied because if they would have you know directly implied it then you know they probably would have gotten banned or something but it's just a testament to how well they can not only tackle the topic but tackle it in a way that younger children might understand, you know? Yeah, well, they might not get it the first time through, but eventually it will make sense to them. Yeah, it's something where they can kind of, like, plant the seeds of in their heads, and then later in life they realize, oh, wow, that's what that was. (laughs) Which is also another reason Star Wars Force of Evil should come on Blu-ray and DVD so kids can watch multiple times yeah this is another thing <gasps> anyway <laughs> this is a little side note but yeah star versus the forces of evil so far has had no official dvd or blu-ray release. and watch it's probably gonna be like another gravity falls thing where as soon as we're done with the series they'll announce oh complete series on blu-ray <laughs> i will take full credit for it then right uh, uh. 
was the other one you were um, going to mention? The school one? Yeah, St. Olga's. Yeah. That uh, episode in general was probably my favorite episode of the season, really. Oh, yeah, it was great. That was a the, fantastic. The visuals were it. awesome. Just, I'll let you Yeah, talk. actually, I'll let, I'll let you describe the plot, because the plot in general, is it's very plot-heavy episode, and it's very good, because I'll just set it up first, because in the first episode, there's a running gag, wherever they say, they'll send me a St. Olga's, and then it's just someone, like, just being pulled into the school screaming. <laughs> Yeah. But then we actually get to see the school. <laughs> and because they are going in to save Ponyhead so she can have a good birthday. But. Well, I don't really want to describe the plot because it's very simple of a, a breakout sort of thing. But the school is about. This isn't a term thrown around a lot. And I don't even know if it is a but the way that there's toxic masculinity, it's toxic femininity, mm. in a sense. It's something where, like, these people expect ladies to act a certain way or something, you know? You're princesses, so you have to act, you know, all girly and with poise or something. You have to act like, oh, you have to be uh, whatever it is. I can't really describe it, but, you know, you have you, to act. You can't be rebellious. You have to be one in the same like everyone yeah. else. Stay at home know how to cook, look pretty, yeah. and do not question authority ever. Yeah, it's toxic femininity, femininity, really. And if that's not a term, we're sorry, but that's it's a thing. And, you know, that was even a thing back in, you know, the 20s and 30s where, you know, there was obviously toxic masculinity, but there were all these, like, women's books saying, like, oh, how a woman should act and how they should, you know, always stay at home and cook for their husbands and never, you know act a certain way and it's just really stupid and this one tackles that pretty heavily <laughs> yeah it's this school that it admits that it is ripping away their individuality so they will be the same as everyone yep and a detail i love about it because i'm i'm 90 this is what they were going for mm -hmm. but you know always death of the author is a possibility yeah but throughout the episode Marco sees nothing wrong with it. At least the up until a certain the point. Only... Well, sorry, I'll let you. Up until a certain point, he sees nothing wrong with it. Yeah, up until a certain point, he's, he's saying like, oh, they're just being becoming better people. They'll, by the time they're out of this, they'll be, they'll be good. The one man who's in there doesn't realize how this is hurtful to yeah. other women. It's really interesting. And, and, you know, we're not saying that men can't see what's wrong with this, you know. <laughs> But it's... No, but I felt that was a good touch for yeah. an outside sort of perspective. That was a really interesting detail and one, yeah, that I, I it was really interesting to see Mark be like, oh, well, look how nice those rooms are. That's a really nice bed and a really nice thing. It's like, this isn't so bad. And he, he was kind of oblivious as to what was actually going on. He, you know, he couldn't read between the lines and see that these people aren't happy. <laughs> They're being literally held prisoner and forced to act a certain way. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, that is something that isn't really covered in kids' cartoons now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. Like, usually, I mean, usually there is the general female character who defies the norms and she's, like, super badass and stuff. Uh-huh. But that's about it. There's never an episode that talks about stuff like this. There's usually one about 
uh, toxic masculinity. That's about how lot. yeah. <laughs> about how guys should feel more should be allowed to feel their emotions, and yeah. you can you can do things without even though they're not quote unquote masculine. To, there's no shame in it who cares as long as you're happy and you're being you exactly so um but yeah this one tackled the opposite of that and it was a really nice touch that you know obviously marco just didn't know what was going on he was kind of oblivious to it up until a certain point <laughs> up until he's put in the clockwork orange machine yeah that got dark fast uh <laughs> yeah it's heavily implied that actually that that's even more commentary that do doing something like this is just psychologically damaging and torturing someone. They really were, you know, it wasn't anything physically torturing. It was just, they were psychologically like you need to act a certain way and just hammering it in their head so much that like you said earlier, they lose all sense of individuality and they become proper princesses. How society wants you to act and all that. Uh, and the most messed up scene is, uh, Miss Heinous, who is like the head of the, one of the heads of the school, she start because Star has two hearts on her cheeks that can change with her emotions. Yep. She Miss Heinous starts to get those back and immediately throws herself into the the Clockwork Orange machine that Marcos was in to remind herself to lose that individuality. Yeah, that was just a really interesting scene and went to show, you know, just how far gone she was that anything that brought her joy or emotion or any of that, you know, she just immediately went as this is bad. I need to, you know, lose my individuality again. And it was just it was really unnerving, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, it's. And I'm sure, well. For us. We may not even be noticing every. But there. Hold could... on, hold on. Say it one more time. We may not be noticing, and then you cut out super hard. For uh, as who we are, we may not even be noticing all the things they're talking about in there either. Uh huh. So, I I'm trying to think of how to phrase this because, well, we, we well you said this openly in the premiere episode of being by gender. Yeah. I am slowly discovering my own like gender fluidity, mm-hmm. but we we were still grown up as you know white men. Yeah, <laughs> it's something that I don't think I was as much like you know, but I was around all of that, you know, because the thing is we we grew up in a time period where you know gay people and people like that were basically just jokes. They were like the bunt of every joke. Um, and it wasn't yeah, really something... Yeah, they were a joke or an insult. Yeah, it was either a joke or an insult. Like, you know, hey, you're so gay or something. That's like a very 90s insult or something. But, um, yeah, I've openly admitted that I'm, I'm by gender And, you know, something that you'd figure out, you know? But <laughs> you were, your Wait, point I'm is just already... saying. I'm just saying we grew up mainly as men. So we may be missing things that are, that are also mentioned in this episode. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I loved about it is Marco spends practically the whole episode dressed up like a girl and it's never really made fun of it. Like he ma- says at first, he's like, oh, couldn't you give me a guard outfit or something? It's like, nah, the wand knows or whatever. And just the rest of the episode, he's dressed up like a girl and it's never really made fun of. Yeah, it's never made fun of. It's I love that. Is fine. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that might have been like another thing, you know, that might have been symbolism for him, you know, slowly realizing, you know, as a man, this doesn't look good. But as a woman looking at how they're acting, then, you know, oh, this is not right. He eventually finds out. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that took a deep talk. <laughs> that did, but again, the show does this, so we kind of have to address it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was... That's probably my favorite episode, is episode 10. Yeah, that was a fantastic episode. I, that was my favorite episode of the first season by far, definitely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just, again, show gets surprisingly dark. Um, so I think on to the technical details, yeah? Is there anything else about story or characters you want to mention? Um... On. We'll we'll do a quick cut for technical difficulties. Quickly okay. scan over the episode list and see if there's anything we want to talk about. Then we'll come back. All right, all right. So technical difficulties. Weirder than that dimension of cats with human faces. Hey, kitty, kitty. Look away. <laughs> uh, yeah. So segues are hard. Welcome back. Hi guys. <laughs> How you doing? Um. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry you've taken up an hour of your time already. Um, not really though. No, uh, <laughs> oh, you, you knew how long this was going to yeah, be. We did exactly. <laughs> why? Are, in fact, why am I saying sorry? You should be the one apologizing to us uh, <laughs> by sending us direct messages on Twitter. <laughs> exactly at Roulette Cinema. We want to interact with you. Interact with us. Anyway, uh, back to Star. <laughs> Start. Uh, we did find one episode we want to talk about with uh, Muberty. Yeah, that was the one where we were introduced to the uh, the book guy, the book dude. <laughs> yes. Oh, I had his name here. Hold on. No, you talk about the episode. I'm gonna find the thing. Okay. Um, this is basically an episode, uh, which um, where Star goes through Muberty, um, which um, I'm forgetting the exact details of what me because it's not. Straight. it's puberty it's basically puberty where she's like looking like it's something where she like transforms into this weird butterfly creature and then like she has she's looking at guys in a very different way and she's like drooling all over all the hot ones and stuff uh <laughs> so, she's horny yeah that's a very obvious double message here and i'm going into this episode i was kind of surprised i'm like so are they gonna cover periods or what? What's how far are they gonna go with this whole puberty thing? I, I think they just wanted to stick to talking about horniness. Yeah, I wanted to stick about talking about yeah, looking at guys and or girls or whatever you want in a different way. Uh, <laughs> well, not in a different Glossarique? way. Glossary? What? His name is like Glossary C K. Oh, yeah, Glossaric or something. Yeah, Glossaric, Glossaric, I don't know. <laughs> Stop saying along those lines. Also, there is a minor spoiler, but I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> for? The voice actor changes for Glossaric. Oh, does it? Yeah, do you want to know who, or do you want it to be a surprise? Sure, you can tell me who. That's not Motherfucking Keith David. Oh, hell yeah! Yeah, buddy! <laughs> That's going to be a very different voice, though. Isn't it? Besides the point. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so either she will change back or she won't. And she becomes this goo... Well, not gooey. It's like... 
feather it well it's like she has butterflies coming off her and it becomes almost feathers to she her has like yeah wings and stuff she's this weird really weird human like butterfly hybrid thing um wouldn't that be a weird alternate you know timeline where she is just that for the rest of the show uh yeah honestly and she like starts grabbing all the boys and throwing them in prison until yeah. she finds the the guy who has a keytar and he's super mysterious and then takes him takes him and his car up into the sky and crashes back down but she's back to normal yeah she's back to normal also the guy with the keytar we found out was uh voiced by the same person who played napoleon dynamite neat yeah so <laughs> but yeah that episode was interesting because it tackled that issue pretty early on and you know that that's something that other kids shows talk about as well so <laughs> it's a very stereotypical kid show thing <laughs> but the monster well uh star's monster form is just so fucking cool it's a really cool design if I'm being, it's really pretty but also kind of scary <laughs> Yeah. Because she has, like, this web that she throws, and, like, she can, like, pick up guys, and she puts them in the lockers, and then she, like, puts, instead of closing it, she, like, puts a web over the locker. <laughs> Boys. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> so that was a really interesting episode, and that was another one that dealt with the topic that we wanted to bring up. Um, I think that's it for the episodes, though, huh? <laughs> yeah, the, the rest of the episodes are solid, like... They're they're funny. They have si they have simple plots, but there's nothing. There's no deeper subjects that we're going to need to bring up. If you want to watch the show, you should absolutely. We we still have more technical stuff yeah. to talk about. This is just about the episodes. Uh. Definitely check them out. The humor's great. The characters are great. And um, onto the technical stuff. I just want to say first off, goddamn, the animation is amazing. <laughs> so fucking pretty like it's so fast like there it's really fluid it's really smooth but at the same time the lighting and everything what they do with that is just incredible because like right from it, the intro the intro itself is so beautifully animated and the style just so heavily reminded me of gravity falls <laughs> yeah why can't more cartoons just copy gravity falls please Actually, because, like, it was that American-style cartoon, but it was done in such an interesting way and such a stylized way that it makes it so pretty and so cool. I just loved the animation throughout. It was just so solid and so top-notch. Whoever they got to do that, props on them. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. And the fact that they add in the multiple-dimension element each dimension does look super alien and super yeah. interesting. It's colorful it, and you can just by looking at it, you can see how it works with still, of course, a few questions because we are a part of the mortal yeah. earth plane. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they left it like, you know, they were super fucking creative with it. And I really appreciate that as every time they like, cause she star has these scissors that she uses to like literally just cut a, like tear in an alternate dimension and then they hop into it because it opens a portal and they close it back up with the scissors which i don't know how that works but sure uh <laughs> dimensional scissors fuck you <laughs> right uh but yeah what they do with it is so creative and they have like these different dimensions what was the one dimension where ponyhead talked them to like the chill dimension or something yeah there was just this very chill nightclub dimension and it was it looked rad yeah it was on a bunch of clouds above us 
pick it up of a pair of spikes. Another really dark joke. We just see a skeleton in the spikes, and we're like, well, that dude fucking died. <laughs> no, doesn't the skeleton speak? It's like, fall, fall, fall. Or so, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Bonyhead does try to kill Marco. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie poopsies. Uh yeah, that is the thing. Ponyhead does. You're right. She does straight up try to murder him. Uh, um, and just every all the artifacts, like the one where it was like just this giant like crazy Walmart thing, or what was it called? Uh, quest buy. Uh, yeah, quest buy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or um, the one episode with Tom. They have this party under the blood moon and it's it's down in hell it's really cool looking and when uh when i keep wanting to call marco dipper <laughs> i mean i can see that yeah because uh, we keep talking about gravity falls but when marco uh saves star because tom wanted to fucking trade like bind their souls forever or something uh, he gets pissed and the the fire and the red of the room mixed with the moon rhyming is fun yeah <laughs> just looks gorgeous and terrifying and then when they were actually dancing to it just takes this really red hue but i don't know what they did but because it's this harsh red lighting um but the animation itself is still really fluid because it, it looks like a spotlight it just looks like a blood red spotlight but it wasn't, you know, clearly just a red filter put over. They actually put effort into making it look like natural light. And it was just so beautifully animated. <laughs> yeah, this show is just straight up gorgeous at oh, times. Yeah. And then at the end, too, when Star does her crazy magical anime thing. And, like, finally, like, her eyes glow and she busts open the cage. That was just badass. <laughs> That was Star has superpowers that we don't know about yet. And like, but... oh, she has like blue flames around her and shit. It was just cool as fuck, and I'm like, damn, that is gorgeous. Yeah, Star snapping is kind of terrifying. Because and there's the one moment too where I think it was at the uh, party. Uh, it, no, it was the one about the genocide episode where like she finds out that it's not the guy in the costume; it's actually the monster. And she just kind of gets this, like, dead stare in her eyes. Just this, like, blank face. And she raises up her wand and goes towards it. And then she decides to let the monster go. Because she realizes, wait a minute, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, her snapping um, is really scary. <laughs> is what I was saying. <laughs> well, along with the fucking visuals, the music in the show oh, is is bitching it's, honestly that's a fantastic soundtrack to go along with the gorgeous visuals like the uh the opening you know is very simple but it, it grows on you really <laughs> it does i personally like the outro a bit more yeah. it's very cutesy and it's fun adorable i love it um but yeah the actually i would play it but disney will yell at us. oh yeah i'm shocked we got away with the gravity falls one uh I'll be shocked if we get away with the star one. Because <laughs> you know I did cut that short. I like right when the poof came up, I went, whoop, gravity falls. I'm like, there's a good transition. Uh, yeah. Worst comes to worst, it will just be... Dur, 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 and then... Yeah. 
another dimension. I also really That's liked it. when like they did the whole uh, during the uh, breakout episode where like they she held up the cake and like it had like streamers on it, but the streamers were actually doing the intro thing of. Yeah, that was a really nice touch. I'm like, hey. <laughs> Yeah, the sound design, the music, just everything about it from a technical standpoint is fantastic. <laughs> and some of the little details are amazing, and also I feel so bad for the animators. Yeah, some of those. Um, also, the one detail I know you picked up in the episode where she has the uh, battery thing. Didn't he actually suck up the battery like you thought you could see it or something? Yeah, because uh, uh, that's in Quest by... Uh, they need to get a new battery for Stars One, or we'll be dead forever. Mm -hmm. And at first, er, the episode opened with them sharing a bathroom sink. Mm -hmm. And Marcos is, of course, neat and tidy. Star is messy. And Marcos was trying to show like how to tie things up and was vacuuming. And I thought I saw like a gem get sucked up into the vacuum. That was the actual battery, yeah. though. It was a nice little detail, and you could see it from the beginning. And then something I noticed is there was one where she was like putting on different hats for the ball. Like she has her usual devil horns, but she has putting on different hats. And for a quick second, she flashes. It's like a fez like that, like Grunkle Stan wears in Gravity Falls. Nice. Uh, nice little nod. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's other details we've just missed. Yeah. It just, yeah. just the... Or uh, in the, in the breakout episode, because Marcos learned all the breakout stuff from a movie, and he actually leaves a note <laughs> in the style of the character he was talking yeah, about. that was cool. I liked that little detail. <laughs> I do like how they made fun of the, all those tropes, too. It's like, okay, we'll go in like this, or I could just use magic. magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, you know, uh, um, we'll have to go in, and we'll have to sneak in, and then I can use this to lock through her cell. Or I could just teleport her to the cell. <laughs> fine Thanks, uh, yeah just all the little details are great and just everything just mwah, 10 out of 10 guys <laughs> okay is there anything else we can add I to continue to say this show is I, good and I think that's about it. it this was a fantastic start to star versus the forces of evil because um, I knew about the show beforehand, and, you know, Steven had told me about the show, and different people had told me about the show, um, but I never got, actually got around to watching it, and start, and um, just watching it now, just overall, really, really solid start to this series, and I'm really excited to see more, because um, this series just has such a kinetic energy to it, and just this really fast, like, almost exhausting energy to it that it's just, it, it's just a blast to watch, man. <laughs> Yeah, I watched a few episodes, I think like two or three, Yeah, <laughs> before we put it on the wheel and before we got to it now. Mm -hmm. But, well, yeah, obviously, Justin, you would have had to put on the Never mind. Sorry, <laughs> it's getting <on>. late now. <laughs> but it's really good, and I'm really hoping they focus more on the story next season, because I would like to see it more serialized and yeah. see people change a lot more 
that would be cool if they actually do yes start to pick up a more serialized storyline because i get you know for the first season making it a little more episodic and then easing into that shit but yeah i really hope that they do pick up more on of of an overarching plot because that would be cool as hell and these are just rumors we don't know if it's true or not because we haven't watched the show but apparently it gets like gravity falls levels of heavy right yeah. Uh, according to the internet. We don't know how, we don't know why, we don't know if it does. We're just saying that's what we've heard. So <laughs> Also, we've, I've heard people don't like the ending of the yep. show, so we'll see how that goes too. So we'll find out. And the show did end. It never got canceled. It, it did end. That is how the writers had it. So It did have an official ending. Yep. So, But we're not getting to season two next because we're going to have to spin the short TV wheel. Because this is a four season show, so it's a long series. And now we get to spin short series. Which we have eight left on. Yep. So, without Um, further ado. Should I say the eight that are on there or should I just spin? Uh, No, go ahead. Say the eight. We may as well. Okay. Uh, We got Over the Garden Wall, The Cape, Flash Forward, Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040, Constantine or Constantine, I forgot the proper way to say it, Mm -hmm. Death Parade, Everyday Life with Monster Girls, and Pushing Daisy. Pushing, (laughs) that would be an interesting one. (laughs) What, Pushing Daisies? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It would be a slight change of pace. I mean, it's made by the guy who did Hannibal. Yeah fucking brian fuller um i know justin told me beforehand it's like you know there's certain series that we don't want just because you know this was such a hyperactive show we have we want a little bit of a change of pace we do so anyway let's do it it's time to spin okay we get what we get uh we're doing Boxes Tokyo 2040. Ooh, yes, I love that series. This is a... Uh, I know nothing about it. It is a cyberpunk futuristic series. Well, I, I would assume it's the future. It's 2040. Yes. But, oh, I'm excited. That's a really good anime. 24-episode uh, anime. So, uh, oh, hell yes. So yes. that'll probably be two episodes. Yeah, we'll probably split up in the two halves. Because, yeah, there is a definite middle point. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, next is the second theatrically released Lupin movie. Yep, Castle of... And then we'll get to Bubblegum Crisis. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the fuck comes after Lupin. We'll see. I mean, we know the movies, but we're not telling you. That's spoilers. Uh... (laughs) Well, actually, we don't know what's after Lupin. We haven't recorded the episode yet. Oh my god, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we still have to do that. Um, so we will see you guys next time for that so yay thank you so much for watching this episode of cinema roulette if you want to follow our hosts justin is at jk pancake on twitter and cameron is at cameron picks inc on twitter you can watch the video version of the podcast sometimes you actually get to see our host faces at CamCam on YouTube, or just look up Cinema Roulette Podcast. Thank you so much to Teller's Place for their artwork that we use mainly in the YouTube version and you can kind of see on the podcast version. If you enjoyed the show, please consider either subscribing to it or rating us on whatever podcast app you use. That would be cool of you.